Hi, everyone. This is Tim Martinez, MPEC Healthcare's uh, co-founder and CEO. I'm happy to share with you all that I'll be conducting a weekly interview style employee spotlight uh, so that we can all get to know each other a little bit better and hear directly from the amazing people that make up this organization. I'm excited to, to, to do these interviews and I hope uh, you enjoy them. This week's spotlight is on Diane Babulas, nearly five-year MPAC um, vet and Chicago area nurse practitioner extraordinaire. Let's get to know Diane. Hey. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Been a minute. I know. Crazy, crazy times. <clears throat> right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, before, before I jump in, I just, I do want to take this opportunity to thank you personally for, um, you know, all the hard work at MPAC, not just in the last almost five years now for you, but the craziness that has been, been COVID and, and sort of, uh, continue to row the boat and get care to the patients who need it. So really heartfelt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I just have a couple of hard charging questions for you. Okay. Um, just about your experience here. I'm going to kick off with, if you can remember all the way back to um, early 17, <clears throat> what was it that um, first brought you to MPAC? What, what ultimately led to your decision to join us? So obviously I was in post-acute prior to, so, and I still really enjoyed post-acute care and, um, you know, talking to Eileen so many times and just knowing your guys's program and just that you guys, I actually really like that you were a smaller company that, um, you know, I felt everyone was connected with each other. So, you know, besides the nursing home and, you know, the buildings and the post-acute setting from a, from a company standpoint, that was another driving force for me. Awesome. So <clears throat> obviously things were going along, right? You joined in 17, you were experienced, so you knew the space, nothing sort of probably caught you off guard from that perspective until beginning of 2020. <clears throat> then we were all caught off guard right? with, with COVID. So um, you've had lots and lots of patient and family interactions, um, both pre and you know throughout COVID. Is there you know, maybe like a theme or, or one or, or something that sticks out in your mind that um, where you've had a meaningful impact, I'm sure there's been thousands at this point, but um, either one or, or a theme that sticks out in your mind in, in, in terms of, you know, making a real impact um, either on a patient or their family or all around or an impact on you that you'd be willing to share? I mean, a lot, I feel like a lot of my experiences have come around, um, you know, advanced care planning and goals of care and, you know, being in the setting that we are and dealing with um, mostly elderly population patients, you know, you come to a point where, you know, you are either going to be treating someone, you know, as a full code, or you have to then step back and be like, what is the quality of life for these patients? So um, I feel like I've had numerous experiences of, you know, talking to families about advanced care planning, goals of care, and, you know, 
and not kind of doing that million dollar workup and kind of seeing where families feel with that. I mean, there's some families that you won't change their mind, but then there's others that will come to a realization that, you know, my mom or dad wouldn't want any of this. So I recently had someone like that. She was like 90 years old. All of a sudden she, you know, ended up with the UTI and a pneumonia. And here we are starting IV antibiotics and um, IV fluids because she was severely dehydrated and discussing this with the daughter, the daughter was very realistic. So it kind of made my job easier. But with that being said, we eventually got her on hospice and she was comfortable. So I think in that, in the post-acute setting, you know, the advanced care planning is definitely, um, you know, an important part of our job. Absolutely. Without that education and our clinicians going through that, the default would have been right? Full code until the very end, which sends her out. And then she's at the hospital getting, you know, poked and pried and, you know, and at the end of the day, it may not even, you know, help her, you know? So yeah, that, that dramatic sort of ride, you know, to, to the end, which nobody really wants once they understand what it all entails. Um, so Mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty, pretty impactful and powerful. So, um, happy to hear that those are, those are going on, that that was a big sort of piece of, of our program that we implemented, that we think there's a lot of value in, in just educating families around that. It's mostly the families more than the patients for what I hear. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's some families that won't let go and, yeah. you know, but it's just ongoing education. Yeah. Cool. Well, my last our charging question for you is obviously when we started, we were on a mission to really drive improvements to how this patient population is cared for, um, really changing the sort of mindset, right? Education on the end of life stuff, but also more preventative, more proactive um, care uh, and, and doing, doing it the right way. Um, we can only continue to do that, you know, when we find and convince the Dianes of the world to come and join us and, and stay with us, you know, you now four and a half plus years, which is awesome. Um, what ultimately keeps you here at MPAC? Um, again, I love the small aspect field, although I know we've grown so much, but <laughs> I still don't feel that. So in a way that's good. Cause I still yeah. feel like we're a close little family. Um, I just love having the clinical support. You know, my manager has been great. Um, anytime I have any questions or concerns, she's always there. So, um, you know, so from a company standpoint, I couldn't be any happier. Um, and then again, you know, there's always going to be some hiccups with buildings and, and things like that. But I think for the, you know, for the most part, I've been fortunate enough to be in good buildings with, you know, good DONs, um, and staff. And I feel like that also kind of makes my job a little bit happier and easier. Absolutely. Well, as we continue to grow, that's one thing that you know, we're challenged with is how do we continue to make it feel like that, you know, family environment, small company, but really having a bigger impact on the broader healthcare space by growing what we do, because, you know, we believe everybody should have our programs. Um, so yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if they only could see, you know, the benefits to what we can do, you know, and, um, I think it's just, they, them needing an eye opener. 
Well, we're certainly, the conversations we're having today are much different than what we were having pre-COVID. I think everybody's eyes have been open to the, the need to have additional support, both on the medical side and the mental health side. And it's, it's everybody's eyes have been open to, to, to programs like ours. So um, lots and lots of growth to come for us because of that and because of the work that you and all the rest of the clinicians do. So um, again, thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time to, to chat. It was good to catch up and see you, even though it's in the new way of seeing people, which is via Zoom. Yep. yep. <laughs> it was good talking and seeing you too. All right. Hopefully we, uh, we have these face-to-face get togethers again and we, uh, we get to see each other for reals. Perfect. All right. <laughs> All right, Tim. Good have luck a good day. Place. Thanks you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.